0: what's up welcome to another episode of the stairway to seven figures podcast where we'll talk about financial literacy personal finance entrepreneurship and occasionally other musings based on whatever's happening in the world around us stairway to seven figures because there's no elevator to success you got to take the stairs and let's face it Six figures ain't what it used to be, so we gotta earn seven figures just to stay ahead of the game. Now, in today's episode, we're talking about a simple hack or formula that you can start using now, today, to improve your financial position. I mean, look, this is stupid simple. As a matter of fact, it is so simple that I'm almost shy to share it because I don't want you to feel like I'm insulting your intelligence. that simple like it's so simple a sixth grader could do this right now full disclosure i although i i use this myself i coach my clients to do it i did not come up with this all right Uh, i wish i had but i can't take credit for it like i came up with it because i didn't and as a matter of fact i'm not sure exactly who is the original originator of this but I will tell you where I got it from. I got it from a guy named Ramit Sethi, alright? He's the author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Now, you ready? (laughs) This is so simple. You know, I like giving you things that are easy to remember with acronyms or, you know, three or four steps or points and something, so this is kind of like what that is, alright? So, this is simple and it has an acronym so it'll be stupid easy for you to remember. You ready? All right, here you go. CEO. That's it, podcast over. CEO, that's it. Like the lead of a company, CEO. The acronym is CEO. All right, it's three basic steps to getting your finances in order. Let me explain. C. C. Means cut expenses. All right, cut expenses. So what happens for a lot of people is they like to push the envelope. You know the saying, "Give them an inch, they'll take a mile." Give them a rope, they don't want to be a cowboy. You heard that expression before, right? All right. Most people have a tendency to push the envelope. They don't manage their expenses well, and most people if they're honest they'll have to admit that as their income increases so do their expenses they have lifestyle creep and it's especially true for people who didn't grow up with a lot of money right so now in that case like we can speak to financial trauma like when we talked with Rakim Sabri we talked a lot about financial trauma but what a lot of people do is they stretch their lifestyle to catch up with their income. All right, so i give you an example. Let's say you get a job to pay 35K. Okay? So you start a lifestyle that matches that income. Probably right up against your take home pay, like there's nothing left at the end of the month, but you survive. So then when you start earning 50K, you get the nicer apartment. A little bit newer car, and then before you know it, your monthly expenses don't fit inside of 35,000 anymore, they're right up against 50. So, where you got that $15,000 salary increase, your lifestyle has crept up to that mark, and this goes on and on until you have people who are making a hundred thousand dollars a year, who are living paycheck to paycheck. Why? Because instead of maintaining a lifestyle that they had when they were making 35000 or 50000 they now have a $100,000 lifestyle. So the lifestyle creep kicks your butt, and now you're struggling. And the problem is people don't realize all the time where they are bleeding money, where the leakages are. So we have to take a proactive and slightly aggressive approach to reducing expenses, all right? So again, the C is for cut expenses. So take stock of your expenses, right? All of them, all of them. The Netflix subscription, the Hulu, the late night, you know, Grubhub orders, all of it. Write them down. And then figure out which ones you can eliminate altogether. This is painful for a lot of people, right? But I'm going to tell you right off top, based on my experience, most people can cut their expenses by 10 to 15% right off top. All right, the problem is they're not thinking about their expenses that way, they're not tracking them that way, so they're not managing them that way. Give you an example. Let's say you have Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, right? And your apartment complex also has internet service through Spectrum, so you get connected TV service. Alright, since you need internet service, you go with Spectrum, and then cancel the other three subscriptions, because, let's face it, if you're really trying to get your money right, you don't need to be watching that much TV anyway. You don't need three different subscriptions, Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Like, you don't need all that. So you go with the one that's the most necessary of the three. And there are lots of ways that you can cut expenses right so for example a lot of retailers let's say your grocery stores right or your local pharmacy they have loyalty discounts sign up for a loyalty program get that advantage card or frequent shopper card or whatever it is right so that every time you shop you, you get points that will take you know some money off later uh, or you know they give you the you know, two for one special or whatever it is, but it's a way for you to reduce your expenses. When you go buy your groceries, you don't have to go to Trader Joe's. You ain't got I mean you know what I'm saying? Like you can go to the neighborhood supermarket and buy what you need. Use coupons. Eat less meat. Get less chicken, less beef, less fish, eat more fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I know you may not like it at first, but trust me. When you can do this consistently, you get really laser focused and look at where you can eliminate expenses, where you can cut expenses, what things you can get rid of, what things you can reduce. You might find yourself with an extra 200 to $500 in your bank account at the end of the month only by doing this part of the CEO practice. Only by doing this. Now, realistically, there is a finite limit to the expenses that you can cut, eliminate, or reduce. There's a limit. I mean, you can't get rid of all of them. But you have to try as much as possible to reduce them. Alright? I mean... You can find less expensive alternatives to some of your lifestyle spending. You can downgrade your car. If you're making payments on a car right now and it's in good shape, right? One solution is to do the next thing that we're gonna talk about in the E portion. But the other thing is, quit making those payments. Take that car back, get a car you can pay cash for. All right? Reduce a monthly expense. While you get your money right, all right, um, and th- you can downgrade your apartment. You know what I mean. Maybe you move further away. You know, it's not so close to the city where you know property values are higher, rents are higher. You know, it's a longer commute. Maybe you take public transportation. You have to get up a half hour earlier, but you're saving three hundred dollars a month on your rent now. Right. Look at every way that you can save on your expenses. Now, again, there's lots of ways to do this, but what happens with a lot of people, they get in their feelings when you try to show them where they're bleeding money. But if you want to get your finances going in the right direction, you have to start by cutting expenses. So off top, make your minimum threshold $200. Off top no matter what you're going to cut $200 out of your monthly expenses and then take it from there try to get up to $500 and you'd be surprised if you're proactive you start using coupons and you know like i said downgrade some things where you can you'd be surprised how quickly you can put an extra $500 back in the bank now the e the e is very also very simple it stands for earn more money. (laughs) I told you this is simple, all right? So the C is cut expenses, E is earn more money, all right? So earn more money, how can you do that? There are lots of ways you can do that, all right? You can upskill, get a promotion at your job, get a better paying job, maybe get a part-time gig just to put more money in your pocket so that you can use that for investments and what have you. You start a side hustle, you drive Uber or Lyft, you're making that car payment, let that car pay you back. You know what I mean? Get out there and do a couple hours of Uber or Lyft every day, put some more money in your pocket so you know you have more money. Because remember, like I said, there is a there's a fixed amount. I mean, beyond a certain amount, you can't cut any more expenses. But there is no limit to the amount of money that you can earn. In theory, in theory realistically, if you are trading time for money, so you go get a part-time job, then yeah, there's a fixed amount that you're gonna be able to earn because there's only so many hours you're gonna be able to work. On the other hand, when you do other things that are not a direct time for money exchange, again, the marketplace rewards value. So when you're not doing a direct time for money exchange so that you can earn more money, there is no hard cap on the amount of additional money that you can earn. So there's so many ways you can make money now, right? And again, depending on where you are right now in your personal finances, just like I gave you a target for how much to, uh, uh, a target for cutting expenses, I'm gonna give you a target for making more money. So if the minimum threshold for cutting your expenses is $200, I want you to make the minimum threshold for additional money $500. Minimum, right? Try to get an extra 1000 a month if you can. So if you can, a, if you can cut $500 out of expenses and earn an extra $1,000, now you have an extra $1,500 a month, right? Over the course of a year, that's $18,000. If you did that consistently, you know what would happen? Number one, that $1,500 would double and triple and continue to increase because you would be developing skills and talents in your network so that you could earn more than that. And then instead of eight an extra $18,000 a year, now you're earning an extra 50000 a year. Maybe start earning 10000 a month. All right? But the point is, we gotta give you some breathing room. All right? So, again, while there's a limit to how much you can reasonably cut from your expenses, there's no limit to how much you can earn. And again, so many ways right now you can make money. So find something that you enjoy or something you think you might enjoy. See how it works out. You know what I'm saying? Put it all in one pot, see if it pan out. And if it don't pan out, that's okay. Everything ain't for everybody. At least you tried and now you know. But I promise you can do lots of stuff. Look, you can make costume jewelry at home. You can make scented candles. You can make print-on-demand t-shirts. You can learn graphic designs and make logos and websites. You can get gigs on Fiverr and Upwork. Like, okay, I know on those marketplace websites, it's a race to the bottom as far as the pricing. But that's not why you get on there. You get on there so you can get clientele, so you can get experience, so you can get testimonials so that then you can do your own business and now you have a track record, you have social proof, you have people who work with you, who can refer you, and now you can build business. Then you can increase your prices. Alright? So if you use one of those marketplace websites, go in there with the right intention, all right? You go in there with the aim to get experience, to get a portfolio, to get testimonials so that you can freelance and do proper business for bigger ticket offers in a B2B arrangement, All right? Look, you can sell dinners on the weekend if you're a good cook. I mean, you know what I mean? There's no shortage of possibilities of things that you can do on the side to make more money. The problem is most people don't think in those terms because we get trained to earn money by going to work, by getting a job. An honest day's work for an honest day's pay. That's what they say. It's a lie. It's a lie. You know why it's a lie? Because whatever they pay you per hour, whatever they pay you per hour, that company is earning thousands of times that per hour that you're working for them they have to look at all the expenses that they have right to maintain you know their business licenses and pay payrolls and insurance and contribute to your 401k and they're paying their rent and utilities and 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 so when they're paying you 15 bucks an hour 20 bucks an hour 25 bucks an hour It might sound good to you, but guess what? For that every hour that you're working, that they're paying you that 25, and you look around and you see how many other people working and getting 25, think about how many millions of dollars that company must have to earn in order to afford that. Then ask yourself if it's still a good deal. So, trading your time for money is not the long-term play. Not if you want financial independence. Trading your time for money is not the long-term play. Now, if you're a doctor, if you're an engineer, if you're a lawyer, if you were something high-powered where your salary is going to be north of $200,000 a year and you don't let lifestyle creep eat up you know, your whole salary and you put stuff away and you invest and you're cool with that, then cool. But what I happen to know is that most people listening to this podcast are making $50,000 a year or less so that is not their situation so we have to think about it differently we have to move away from these transactional relationships right into creating value creating relationships the marketplace pays for value we have to increase the value that we bring to the marketplace so that we can earn more and we have to be creative enough to understand that we can't rely on a single source of income ever even when you have a business if your business relies on a sole source of income you're going to be out of business one day So you have to diversify your product and service offerings so that you are never relying on a single source of income. All right. So E is earn more. Then there's O. O is optimize your spending. Now, this is important for your debt payments, along with your regular payments, right? But basically... For your normal payments that are fixed, right? You got student loans, you got a car payment, you got credit cards, whatever your deal is, right? You want to, if you have a decent history making your, your payments, hop on the phone. See if you can renegotiate your terms to lower your payments. And, and I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said if you have a decent history, you have to have a great history. If you have been making your payments on time faithfully for a couple of years, get on the phone, renegotiate your terms, try to get your payments lowered, right? We want to optimize, right? Because if you've been making your payments consistently on time, you are no longer high risk. You're no longer high risk. So when you have these, you know, companies, whatever, that charge you these interest rates, one of the the reasons they do that is to hedge against their risk of you not repaying what you're supposed to repay. So when you demonstrate, no, I'm not that guy. I actually, I take care of my responsibilities. I'm on top of the game. It's easy to renegotiate. With your electric bill, your utility company, right? You've been making your payments on time. You might be able to get on the fixed average thing, right? Because a lot of times what happens, depending on where you live, in the summertime, when you have heat waves and you're using the AC 24-7, you know, you've been used to paying electric bills as, you know, $100 a month. Then all of a sudden you get a $300 electric bill and you can't pay it you can get on a fixed payment plan where they just take the average monthly bill and you pay that over the course of a year, right? And they help you regulate, they tell you where to set your thermostat, This, that and a third, right? But it helps. Another thing that you can do to optimize your spending is this. (coughs) Excuse me. When you think about optimization, is not just about debt payments and bill payments. But you should also automate your investment payments. You gotta automate your investments because what most people do is this. They get that direct deposit and they start paying bills. Or maybe there's something they've been dying to do and they go do that real quick before all the rest of the money is gone. But what ends up happening is it's always a short-sighted view of what to do with the money. If you automate your investments, so every paycheck, you know, I'll put 150 into this index fund. I'll put, you know, 50 into this uh, savings account. i put, you know, 500 into that. Whatever your deal is, do that on automatic pilot. So before you even see the money, it's already in your investment accounts or your saving accounts. That way, you get your emotions out of the game, right? But you have taken care of yourself and your future first. And it's one of the things that's so simple to do, but most people don't do it, right? Most people don't do it. If you've ever read The Richest Man in Babylon, if you haven't read it, it's a great book. You should read it. Right? Um, because those principles for how to create and manage wealth, they are very applicable today. All right. But one of the things that they talk about in there is pay yourself first. Pay yourself first something that many people struggle with, right? They think all the other obligations on their money, they don't think about themselves, all right? So, based on your monthly income, you need to automate a specific amount of your income to go towards savings and investments. You gotta do it. If you pay your bills first, and then try to invest what's left over, you are never going to invest. And even if you invest occasionally, you won't invest consistently. Why? Because let's be honest, right? There's never going to be a shortage of bills or emergencies that lay claim against your, your income. So you owe it to yourself to make sure that you pay yourself first. I mean, you want to be responsible, of course, but you got to pay yourself first. So again, when you set up your account, and I'm not saying like you have to go to your bank and ask for a savings account. You're going to have another checking account, all right? But the point is, when that money hits your direct deposit, you should be telling that money where to go immediately. Listen, every paycheck, I'm putting 250 into that Fidelity index fund. Problem solved. You never see the money, it's there. And then when you go check on your account growth, you're like, wow, I put that much in there? It grew that much? Really? Imagine that. If you put $500 into your index uh, fund every month, right? In a year, that's $6,000 your index funds typically grow 10 to 12% annually. So imagine if every year you put $6,000 in, but you do what I've been talking about. You educate yourself, you upskill, you have more value that you can bring to the market, you find out ways to cut expenses, you find ways to earn more. So now instead of only $500, you're able to put $1,000 in and 1000 into an emergency fund. Now you got $12,000 a year in an index fund that's going to grow with 10 to 12%. And as you continue to do that, then you find out, no, now I got $2,000 I can put in there. Now you got 24,000 in the year that you're putting into your index. You have to think about the compounded growth of what you're able to do when you are consistent, but you're not going to be consistent as long as you have to make a conscious decision every month to do it. Set it and forget it. Set it up with your bank account so that as soon as the direct deposit hits, your money goes where it's supposed to go, you don't even have to think about it. Your job is to figure out how to cut more expenses and earn more money. Optimizing your spending is the icing on the cake. Alright, so as you think about optimization make sure you factor in automating your savings and investments. Alright, so there you have it. It's a real simple three part framework, a little hack if you will for getting your money right. Getting your personal finances where you need them to be on the road to seven figures. The CEO strategy cut expenses, like I said aim to cut expenses by 10 to 15%. Earn more money there's no limit on how much you can earn, but start by targeting 1000 a month. And then optimize expenses. Renegotiate payment terms. Automate regular payments, especially into your investment and savings accounts. When you automate, you don't have that internal struggle about what to do with your money because it's already there. All right? You tell your money what to do. Make your money work for you. Trust me. Money likes to be told where to go and what to do. It's pretty obedient that way. All right? So, that is it. What I need you to do? Subscribe to the podcast. Let's make this thing huge. A resource for people all over the world who know where they want to go. They just need a little bit of support getting there. This has been another episode of Stairway to Seven. I have been this You have been phenomenal. Stairway to Seven Figures Podcast because there's no elevator to success. you got to take the stairs. And let's face it. Six figures ain't what it used to be, baby. So we need to earn seven figures just to stay ahead of the game. Y'all be good to each other.